We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. You know, for being a Tuesday in February, it, there's actually kind of a lot going on. Which is <laughs> I was going to say, it's a little uh, strange, you know? It's the second to last week in February, and all of a sudden there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. The, this uh, is supposed to be the quiet time of the year, right? It, it's weird. You know, you think like, yeah, okay, I got a, a show, you know, Tuesday in late February. Football season's far enough in the rearview mirror. No coaching changes are going to happen, right? Wrong. Uh, Cavs are still on the All-Star break, I guess, but there's still plenty to talk about as it goes with the Cavs. Uh, the Guardians with their first official spring training full squad workout today. And leave it to Terry Francona to, uh, to give us a little knee slapper, although it was at his expense physically. Uh, hope he's okay, but uh, we'll get into that too. Uh, and we got we got several good guests. Stephen Holder from ESPN, uh, he's going to come talk to us about what we anticipate is certainly a front runner in Steven's mind. It's more of a done deal. Uh, Bubba Ventura going to, it sounds like, take the place. Ventrone. I'm sorry, I said Ventura. Good Lord. Bubba Ace Ventura, Ventura is not coming to Cleveland. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, Bubba Ventura. He is not bringing He's Ray not. Finkel. <laughs> uh, that could be entertaining. Uh, so anyways, Bubba Ventrone, uh, sounds like he's going to be on his way to Cleveland, but we'll get Steven's take on that. Uh, the Pulse at 4 o'clock, 5 at 5 will be, of course, at 5 o'clock. Doug Maurice from Cleveland.com. We'll talk little Browns, little Buckeyes with him, both football and, unfortunately, their currently rather unwatchable basketball team, which is certainly uh, frustrating. And we'll talk to Jason Sobel, uh, the Action Network, Sirius XM, PGA Tour Radio. Tiger Woods just completed a tournament this past weekend out in Los Angeles. First time he's played four competitive rounds since uh, the Open Championship back last summer. What could Tiger's schedule look like going forward this year? And uh, what do you take away from his performance? So we got lots of that uh, coming up here down the way. But in the meantime, the Browns let go of Mike Prefer. 
And and Daryl, I, I know you kind of felt like this probably could have or should have happened a while ago. And then when it didn't, the, the conversation was, well, maybe they won't make a change. Um, this is a strange time to let go of a coordinator when you've had your season over now for well over a month. Uh, but the Browns took their time, did their due diligence, and decided that making a change at special teams was uh, the right move for them. I, I kind of sort of feel bad for all the why does Mike Prefer still have a job tweets f- during the season. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but like the, the reality is, special teams just was not very good this past season. No. And um, the adverse field position that special teams was uh, responsible for, both uh, when it came offensively and defensively to setting things up. Um, look, I, I the timing is curious. No question about that which caught me off guard because you're right. I was in, okay, they're bringing back Preef. Give it another run here. Everybody's on the line as it is. They're going to, you know, stand pat. And then this comes out first thing this morning. Nope, they are going to make a change uh, with special teams. Look, a couple of things. One, the Joe Woods thing happened so quickly for A, because it needed to happen, but B, because they wanted to get their guy in Jim Schwartz, and they wanted to get through that process as quickly as possible. Remember, they had five other organizations that were overhauling completely their coaching staffs around the league here that they had to compete with. Not only were they hiring head coaches, but they were going to be hiring coordinators, so the Browns were all of a sudden going to be in competition with them. So I think, to their credit, they did a great job getting the defensive coordinator situation done as quickly as they did. I mean, they had the firing and the hiring in an eight-day span. So it was a very efficient process. So tip of the cap to Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski in that regard. I mean, in some ways you would think that they they kind of knew they were going to make that move right. well before they decided to pull the trigger on it, but still went through a little bit of a process. And there. no disrespect to special teams, but let's be honest about what's your what's your bigger priority in that situation, sure. right? Is right. from an evaluation perspective, it's defense obviously. So now the dust settles, right? Everybody's you know, you've got these other teams and these new head coaches around the league that are starting to put their staffs together, guys become available. You then are thinking in the back of your head, okay, if I ultimately decide that I do want to make a change, who's going to be, who am I going to lose on my staff? Because look, the Browns have lost a couple of guys. One of the biggest losses, obviously, Drew Petzing, him going to Arizona to become an offensive coordinator. Not so much that that was a surprise, but now that's a hole you need to fill uh, on your staff. That's a you know a loss that you anticipated. So there's a lot of factors that went into this particular timeline. But, again, it's a move that obviously Kevin Stefanski and the organization felt that after taking some time to sleep on it, in this case, like, I don't know, a month and a half after the season ended, (laughs) uh, I say that tongue-in-cheek, that it's a move that they need to make. And so they've made it. Um, There's uh, already a short list out there. You don't... Similar to the Joe Wood situation, like they they had five six guys lined up ready to go that they wanted to talk to, you know. Uh, I don't know that they have five six guys right now. It might be two or three or four, but you know, Bubba Ventrone seems to be at the at the top of the wish list here. 
I think that that would be an outstanding get for the Browns <laughs> if that happens. Sure. He's widely respected around the NFL. He's an up-and-comer. He's really good at his job. The Colts special teams unit was one of the awesome. best yep. in the National Football League. Um, so I think that's a bit of an upgrade. I think Schwartz is an upgrade you know, over Joe Woods. Again, n- nothing personal, no disrespect intended. Yeah, sure. But no, I mean, look, I, I think it's probably been um, – talked about ad nauseum, but I don't think anybody really looks at the Browns from the outside and says they got a talent problem, right? There's enough talent on this team that they should be able to win games. Um, And I guess I had lower expectations than maybe some others did coming into the season because of the quarterback, you know, competition, I guess, if you want to call it that. Right. Um, I was pleasantly surprised at how well Jacoby played this year. And you can go back and listen to the archives, folks. I said a lot last summer that I had pretty low expectations for Brissett. I don't think you're the only one that sat sure. in front of a microphone that I, was pleasantly surprised he, Jacoby played as well as he did. Yeah, he he was far better than I expected. Four and seven. I, I had said this throughout the season. Uh, broken record. But four and seven had very little to do with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, it, it really did. You're right. Okay, it had more to do with Joe Woods and that side of the football and also Mike Prefer and the special team phase of things, right? You look at the blunders on that side of the ball, aside from the the inability to craft any sort of favorable field position, which is kind of important. Yep. Uh, them just not being able to execute the basics of falling on an onside kick against the Jets, like... That it still game, makes me sick. Yeah, that game, right? I said it at the time. They were done, and everyone got on me. Oh, it's too early in the season. You're so negative. You're just a hater. Nah, I just I've seen enough of these movies. I know how they end. Okay, and I've seen plenty of them out there at 76 Luke Rosa Boulevard. Then I know how they end, and I know how it goes. And that is that 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 was a season killing loss. I mean, that was just so impactful. Uh, and had they won that game, I feel like the trajectory would have potentially been completely different. For sure. I mean, it was. it's about the most improbable loss that you could even like, mentally Do you realize conjure there were, up. There were two, I believe, two or three onside kicks the whole season that were recovered, and one of them was against the Browns, the Jets. Yeah. Like, just how did, like... How does that happen? Yeah, it's, it's completely absurd. So, yeah, it, it's... It, I guess my point is, look, I... I just had lower expectations for what this season was going to bring than most people. Um, and I and I say that once we learned how long Deshaun was going to have to sit out. But that said, there's enough talent on this team that they should be a playoff team last year and this year and you know the coming couple of years. They are good enough to be a playoff team. We're, we're a little far now past when they were last on the field, but you get a chance to see the teams that were in the playoffs. You see what won the Super Bowl this year. There are moments where I feel like, God, they're, they're not close. And then there's moments <laughs> where I'm like, man, maybe they're not that far away. So I, it's, I guess that's probably better than where we've been so many times where it's like they're not even on the same planet as some of these teams that are making the playoffs. The, the Browns are good enough to be there. I I just think we're going to get to the point here now that you've replaced a defensive coordinator, you've replaced a special, well, you're going to replace a special teams coordinator. 
it's put up or shut up time for Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry. I don't think they're going to have too many more opportunities. I do think Jimmy and D Haslam are going to be more patient with this team than they've been in recent past. I think we've seen that. Well, they've already you know, exercised the patience. Yeah, Kevin Stefanski's back for year three after back-to-back years of underachieving. Yep, and I don't know if if another underachieving year uh, is that you know going to write the epitaph on his tombstone for for his Browns coaching career. I, I don't. know. I if say we yes. Can... I say the, the 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 question and the intrigue there is: Does Andrew Barry get to hire another head coach? It's a great conversation. That's just that, that's that's. It, it, I'm not advocating for it. I sure. just that's just how I feel because. I'm with you. They have enough talent to win. Sure. I can't repeat the things that I thought and said as I watched the NFL playoffs and reflected back on what's here in Cleveland. But I will say this. It always bewilders me when I watch other situations around the league and compare them to similar situations here. The ratio of success to failure. In Cleveland, it's always failure. Everywhere else, they just find ways to have success. In Cleveland, it's an excuse for failure. This is why we can't do it, right? Entire season torpedo because Baker Mayfield had a, a, dislo- a, a torn labrum, dislocation, whatever, right? Uh, meanwhile, out in Los Angeles, Justin Herbert has the same injury, and the Chargers win 10 games and make the playoffs. Now, they didn't advance in the playoffs, so great you that. Look what, Jimmy, what happened to they, Jimmy G in San Francisco. They find a way, right? Yep. The San Francisco... 49ers started Mr. Irrelevant yep. in and the NFC Championship game. And they couldn't lose. Okay? Yep. Um, so that's what always goes through my mind and it, and frustrates me when I think about the Browns as an organization because I do believe that they have talent. Look, I believe they've got good, intelligent people running the show. Like, I don't think this is like another Three Stooges, you know, moment, right? <laughs> By the way, one of the greatest, most embarrassing moments in Cleveland Browns postseason press conference history. But still, like, I don't feel like they've got a clown show going out on out there. They've got good, smart, intelligent people running their organization. And they've got adults in the room as well. Maybe not a full room filled with adults, but they do have adults in important positions making decisions. Okay? Again, departures from regimes past. Sure. And so, yeah, I'm going to be tougher. I'm going to be more critical of them because my I'm ele- trying to elevate the standard of expectation for people because they should be elevated. They've got good players. We're not sitting here talking about what they're going to do with one of the top five picks in the NFL draft and how wide the Grand Canyon between them and contention is. Right. It's not that far. It's they not. lost four of their first five games by less than th- by three or fewer points. Right there. They weren't that far away. Yeah. And that's the reality. So, yeah, I expect that this fall, with the changes that Kevin Stefanski, some by choice, some by just the attrition of NFL offseason movement, yeah, I expect that they have the capability of getting to the playoffs, like I did last year, and if you don't get there, I'm going to call you a failure because you are. You're good enough. I'm sorry. You were good enough last year to make the playoffs even without Deshaun Watson for 11 games. You were good enough. Yeah. And you didn't get it done. That's on you. That ain't on me. That ain't on anything. That's on you. You didn't get it done. It's on your locker room. It's on your coaching staff. It's on your front office. You were good enough to be there. And you didn't get it done. This year... Even without changes being made, I think you're good enough to get there 
And if you don't get it done, yeah. I mean, everybody's on notice for sure. There is some accountability over in Berea right now that I, I, I believe in. I guess is the best way to say it. I don't want to see drastic changes with the Browns at this point. I think they've got the right pieces there. They need help on defensive line, specifically a tackle, and I think they need help at wide receiver. But the rest of this roster, I think, is good enough to be really competitive and make a good playoff push. I also really personally, I know some people are kind of done with him. I like Kevin Stefanski. I don't have a problem with his play calling. I, yeah, sure, everybody can pick and choose a few times throughout the course of the year where it's like, why would you call that or why did that happen? I I don't have a problem with Kevin Stefanski, and I like Andrew Barry, but I think in a results-oriented business, you're always a little bit on the clock, right? And I think the Browns kind of recognize right now they may not have too much more time to get this right. They certainly have been given the chance this offseason to, to figure it out, and I think it's fair that given playing more than half of last season without the guy you brought in to lead your franchise at quarterback with him not on the field, it kind of felt like a, a free year, and it was disappointing that it looked like it could be going a lot better than you expected with the way Brissett played, and then the bottom fell out. You had a lot of really close losses. I thought it was a apparent that Joe Woods needed to go. I think they upgraded a coordinator. And and I, I'm i a little surprised at the timing of Mike Prefer being fired. Um, but I think the special teams had enough mistakes throughout the year last year that, to me, it couldn't have all been poor execution. There, there are three places where when things go wrong, as a coaching staff, you say, okay, what what's wrong? Is it personnel? Is it coaching or is it scheme? Are, do we have the people that can do what we want them to do? Yes or no? Are we scheming this the right way? Are we putting these guys in positions to do this the way we want them to do it? And the coaching side is, are we actually teaching this the way we want it run? Those are the three areas you try to evaluate when things go wrongly. And it took a little while, but Kevin Stefanski decided for whatever reason, one of or two of those boxes, or maybe even all three, I don't think special teams has much control over personnel, but <laughs> scheme and coaching, yeah. you'd like to think that there was enough there that Stefanski and Barry said, okay, it's time to pull the plug on, on Prefer. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest about it. Special teams unit often is the leftovers of the roster, right? right. It's it's your back-end guys uh, or your, your, quote, role players. Sure. Right. Um, but yeah, the, and I, I, I was thinking about this today too. I think that there's something to be said for, because let's be honest about the Browns are the Kings of the knee jerk reaction, right? Absolutely. They are the Kings of making change for the sake of making change, right? To give fans their pound of flesh when things are not going the way they should be going or fans want them to go. Right. And I think that there's something to be said for Kevin Stefanski taking a deep breath, right? Taking a step back, looking at the the big picture and coming to the conclusion, whether it was last night or over the weekend or maybe late last week, whenever he came to the conclusion that, yeah, Mike Prefer, not, not the guy we need to be running the special teams unit right now. Um, I think that there's a positive there 
to be perfectly honest with you. Like, it'd be easy to sit here and say, yeah, well, what took so long? You know what I mean? You do know it's the end of February. You're not supposed to be firing people at the end of February, right? It's easy to have that reaction outside looking in. But, yeah, I, I'm on the other side of that. I, I give them a lot of credit. Uh, this, this is not a group that makes decisions in a vacuum. They don't make decisions based on emotion. They don't make uh, decisions based on sentimentality, right? They are very process-oriented people. And that's easy to make fun of and, you know, rib them on and things like that. But think that there is something to be said for that, that that's a good thing. So, yeah, you're not going to get me here to make fun of the timing and, and, and things like that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry their due here. They let the situation breathe a little bit and ultimately came to the conclusion, yeah, we need to make a change. Let's Looking at the landscape around the NFL and some of the moving pieces and parts and some of those moving pieces and parts that are impacting our very own coaching staff, as it is, yeah, yeah let's go ahead and make a change and we, we, can, we can upgrade that spot, right? Same as you would do any of the 53 positions on your roster. If It's what they did after Baker, or, you know, with, with, or I should say with Baker, right? Yeah, Baker got him to the playoffs. Uh, best season since the team has been back, 11-5. Uh, and five. They won a playoff game, which hadn't happened in generations, okay? Uh, but to get where we want to go as an organization and as a franchise, I don't know that I don't know that six is the guy to do it, so let's go get someone that can. And in their mind, they have done that. And that this goes to the point that I think we've both been making this afternoon is there are no more excuses. You you've got the quarterback that you believe is going to take you to the promised land. It's up to said quarterback to get you to the promised land and live up to the six draft picks and the $230 million. And look, he was always going to get, you know, uh, like this is all ever since Deshaun was brought here, he's going to get every opportunity to make this thing work. And and the fact that he only played a handful of games last year, once the, like once he took over and it became kind of apparent, the Browns weren't going to make the playoffs certainly was unlikely. I guess it was still mathematically possible, but it's pretty unlikely when he took over the starting job. And I'm going to disagree. Gonna... I still thought they could have made the playoffs last year. Really? Yes. I, I, I thought I thought I, that they had I enough. Thought it was possible. Here's why. I thought it was unlikely. Here's why. Because I felt like just based on some of the things that I had been hearing from the organization, um the way they were publicly talking, not just the the you know Barry and Stefanski and coaches, but the players watching the practices and some of the things that they were doing. And I hate using the phrase game manager, but I was like, you know what? Yeah, this dude can hold down the fort. As long as he's not out there fumbling the ball away and throwing a ton of picks, guy can hold down the fort. They ain't going to score 40 a game. They don't need to score 40 a game. The defense does their job. If I can get 24, 25, maybe 26 points occasionally out of the offense per game, which, oh, by the way, guess what Jacoby Brissett gave you? Sure. He gave you over 25 points per game. Yep. Guess what Deshaun gave you? Uh, Less than 20. A lot less than that. So, so yeah, I I felt, yeah, sure. Was it um, 
a, a kick to the midsection there when that ultimately got resolved and it was loving. Sure. But I still felt like they had enough talent to 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 weather the storm. And I've my thought, thought was that Deshaun was going to come on yeah. and be like a shot in the arm after a, a, a game or two once he got his sea legs under him. I thought he was going to be a shot in the arm. Problem was, he wasn't the shot in the arm down the stretch. I, I always thought they had the talent, but I just felt like after watching Deshaun play and recognizing that he was going to be a little rusty, despite the talent that's mm-hmm. there, it just became apparent to me that it was unlikely that they were going to make the playoffs. But I, I certainly agree that they were good enough to do it. So I guess what I'm saying is you, you look forward to next year and you'd like to think now that Deshaun's got an entire offseason where theoretically all this stuff is put behind him. He's, he's quote-unquote done his time and now it's time to go be the franchise quarterback that he was brought here to be. And, and all of the focus, all of the energy is on winning games in Cleveland now. And, and I give... It's win now mode. This is it not where it's the ultimate win now mode. Th- they're not putting Humpty Dumpty back together anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting here trying to figure out like, what does success look like? Is it just making the playoffs? I don't think so. I think they got to make the playoffs and win in the playoffs because this team was in the playoffs a couple years ago with an awful lot of the same pieces that are still here. And they won a game. Yeah. So to me, just making in and the off, playoffs. Oh, by the way, in. Of all places, Pittsburgh. Right. Where they hadn't won. Well, they, 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 they hadn't won since the Clinton administration. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be, on, let's be honest about it, right? I mean. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just think that when you think about where this team has to go moving forward, I think the Browns can't just make the playoffs and call it, hey, this was progress. This has to be a team that goes to the playoffs and wins in my opinion, more than one game. Because yeah. if you think back, I, I know it's a long shot. If, well, if you're down more than one game, you're saying they got to be in the championship game. And I, I just, I, I'll push back on you in this regard. I, I just, I've been around enough playoff teams in a variety of sports, maybe not so much the NFL because I do cover the Browns, but like I, I, I've seen enough Indian slash Guardians playoff runs and Cavalier playoff runs. I just have a different perspective than fans do, right? I it, We've had so many years here in Cleveland where, you know, fans have been like, oh, if they don't win a championship, the season's a failure. And I just I just have gotten a front row seat to just how hard that is to achieve. Yeah. To just to get to the level to compete for the championship, let alone win the darn thing. That I just have a little different perspective there. It's just the postseason is just a, a different animal. But I think it's reasonable to expect to get to the divisional round. I, mean, I will look- grant you that. But to say that if they don't get to the AFC championship game, because that's two wins assuming that they don't get the top seed in the AFC, which I think is a very face, uh, fair assumption at this point, um, that it, it's it's not successful enough. I think I think setting the bar at divisional round is fair. That, I'll give you that. That's fair. I the Browns. It's okay. Not, you can yeah, say I'm right. You, you are right. The, the Browns are not as good as Kansas City, right. and I don't think they're as good as Buffalo. But there's nobody else. Are in, they as good as Cincinnati? We beat Cincinnati. We? What did you do on Halloween? uh, Come on. The Browns beat Cincinnati here in Cleveland on Halloween. Okay. And I I realize maybe Cincinnati was a little shorthanded that night, but they still beat them. I. They didn't just beat them. They took them to the woodshed. They pounded them. That was Cincinnati's last loss for quite a while. Until Um, the uh, AFC Championship game. Until the AFC title game. Yep. Um, and you know what that, that was? Guys were ready to show out for Monday Night Football. Yeah. You know what you need? 
You need a football team that wants to show out every single week. And that's my biggest criticism with Stefanski. His team doesn't play like they want to show out every single week. They've got the You have power, some individuals man. that do. Yep. But you don't have a team that does. And you see that with Terry Francona and the Guardians. You see that with J.B. Bickerstaff and the Cavaliers. They do it a lot more consistently. That's like my biggest criticism with Stefanski. Not that he's a bad coach. Not that he can't call plays. Not that he can't scheme stuff up. It's that his team doesn't play like they are ready to show out each and every week. We'll see if they can figure it out. I think they. Uh, I. I don't think they're that far away from making the playoffs. They've got the talent. They're going to make the coaching changes here. I, I. It's. It's a weird time of year for me because I feel like are we just delusional? They were several games under five hundred, but I feel like they were good enough to be a playoff team. Well, again, for they a while, lost three then, of their first four games by a couple points, three points or less. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that I'm sorry, included, four or five. Four that, of the first five losses were by three or four points. And that included, seriously, the most unbelievable loss I think I've ever seen in that Jets game. <laughs> You're young. Ever. Yeah, You're dude, young. But, dude, come on. That was, that was so extreme. All right, that was I'm going to say, yeah, Dwayne Rudd is the all-timer because that thing should have been over. I, believe it should, or not, should, I was actually at that game. I'm really sorry for you. So so was I. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the all-timer. Yeah. This is one, uh, that Jets loss was 1B. The kick six loss to the Ravens on, I believe it was Monday Night Football, that was number three since 90. I mean, there are just so many. Like, and, And that's the shame of this Browns expansion era is that we categorize the losses because they're so memorable. The wins aren't memorable. They don't have a lot of memorable wins since 1999. Because they, quite frankly, don't have a lot of wins since 1999. There's fewer to pick from. Uh, but, you know, in, in all seriousness, like, yeah, that Jets loss is, I think I wrote at the time, that was the second worst loss in the expansion era. It was, it was pretty tough to watch for sure. Yes. You should have read your own promo. I mean, I'm happy to read your promo, but you read your own promo. I don't know. Sure, that might have sounded a little weird. Everybody listen I, to my podcast. I, I, I will add, please like, subscribe, download, share, rate, tell your share, friends. tell your friends. Thumbs up or thumbs down doesn't matter. Leave, the leave algorithm a, leave, is good. Leave a comment, good or bad. Big, 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 big money. Big money. <laughs> Thank you for having that at the uh, at the fingertips, Dave. Uh, two one six. I don't want to know what else he has at the oh, ready. He probably has plenty. Oh, my of goodness. <laughs> The sad thing is, he went through and cut all of those up. I know. I know how Dave works. Blame it all on me now. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I'm giving you. I'm giving you props. I'm not blaming you. I'm giving you credit. The thoroughness, uh, the professionalism with which you do your job. I'm an exclusive toot tutor to Afternoon Drive. (laughs) When did I say that? Oh my gosh. Wow. That's that's something. So basically, this is all the stuff that's getting played at my funeral right now. Yeah. Yeah, you're having a live wake. How is uh, it? <laughs> well, I'd rather people say nice things when, when I'm alive than sure. wait for me to be dead to say something uh, nice about that's me. That's a long way off, huh? Oh, man. 216-578-0092. We're talking Browns and uh, the change at special teams coordinator today. Mike Prefer out in Berea. Second of the uh, coordinators to be let go this offseason. Probably not great when you've had to replace 
two coordinators and heading into year four of your tenure. Just going to point that part of it. It is true. It is true. Joe, you are first up on the fan. What's going on? Hi, uh, how are you guys doing? And uh, Gerald, actually. Oh, Gerald. Okay. Well, Gerald, how are you? Hey, good. How are you guys doing? <laughs> good. Um, good. I've been um, I'm a I've been watching the Browns religiously here for about the last twelve thirteen years. I really first off, let me well, offer my condolences. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm kidding. Really, I really got into it around the uh, the 2012 season, and um, I I got sucked into it for many many years. I always buy in, always buy in. You know, and yeah. you always think, hey, maybe together. Um, it's like in 2014, I thought they were very well constructed, and I thought that team was ready to take off. And then it seems like the team just finds a way to get in its own way, and that all fell apart. And then we go through the Hugh Jackson years, not not long after. And now, um, you know, here we are, year four, Kevin Stefanski. We're bringing in a new special teams coordinator, a new defensive coordinator, and you made the the most massive, one of the most massive trades in NFL history. And I tell you what, um, I, I've had a hard time having conversations with people about my favorite team for many years because all I got to say is, well, maybe this year will be a little bit different. When I tell you what, I, and I, I know that some people expect them to be in the AFC championship game, but I'm telling you, I, I, if Deshaun Watson comes out and lays an egg this year, if he is not very, very good, I think that'll probably be more embarrassing than the 0 and 17, 3 and 36, any of it. I, I, yeah, I mean for sure they they don't have a long line for sure right now, Gerald. And thanks for uh, thanks for the call. I mean, look, it's it is as I said earlier, it's put up or shut up time, and I think there is kind of a balance between optimism and pessimism around the fan base because everybody still wants to be optimistic. You've got a superstar quarterback. You've got Nick Chubb. You've got David Njoku, who played on, you know, signed a big contract in the offseason last year, and I thought had a pretty good year this year. Certainly proved he is a very good NFL tight end. Um, if you get a little help at wide receiver, and if your offensive line gets healthier here, it should be a good offense. You've got Miles Garrett in the prime of his career. You've got a couple of guys on defense you feel like you can really lean on. They just need to shore a couple things up, I think in particular at defensive tackle. But but somewhere along the way, it's like how how many times – do we need to talk ourselves into being really good? Because at the end of the day, this team was still several games under 500 this year. Well, this is the time, right? February through until, I'd say, games start the first or second week of September. Yep. Where, yes, you talk yourself into the Browns being good. Every day. Uh, <laughs> every day. It's the best time of year, right? I mean, the, let's be honest about For Browns fans, the offseason is the best time of year because on paper, the team always gets better, Right. They have more off-season championships than any franchise in NFL history. Um, and I anticipate that this season's going to be no different. Andrew Barry's just not going to sit on his hands. He's going to be aggressive this off-season to improve this roster, uh, to give Kevin Stefanski and Jim Schwartz and whoever the new special teams coordinator is and give them as much as possible to be successful. Um, but the... Unfortunately, the Browns rarely deliver for their fans. That's the the bitter reality. The worst part of being a Browns fan is what the best part of being fans of everyone else in the NFL, and that's September through the second week of February. Everyone else around the NFL enjoys it. 
but it's the worst part of the year for Browns fans because after typically off seasons of change and build up and excitement and thinking it's finally the year to to break through and then the Browns don't really come through and then you're like gosh I can't wait for the season to be over as a fan because then they're going to make change in the off season again I give Kevin Stefanski credit. He rec- he recognized some deficiencies or underperforming areas. Unfortunately, two of the three phases uh, on the team, and and he has made changes that he felt were necessary to make them better. So, on one hand, yeah, I I get the the you know the sarcasm that comes with that, right? But on the other hand, I I give him a little credit. And, and again, the timing with this is a little odd, but you know, not everything comes to you immediately. Rob, the Browns just made some changes. What do you think? Do you believe they did the right thing here? Uh, I'm I'm beyond that, fellas. And and Daryl, the reason I, I decided to call you guys is because I'm really interested in in what Daryl has to say. I, I I just don't have any confidence in the group that's running the team anymore at all. I've got none. When 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 Gregga Williams took over, he simplified everything he made it fun for the players and the team at the the last part of that season was kind of fun to watch and then they fired everybody again and then Stefanski had one kind of good year although it was a weird year because of COVID and everything and no fans in the stands and all that and actually the one game that was the most fun to watch Kevin was actually at home and I, I don't know I mean they seem to overthink everything to the point where the players don't know what they're doing. The coaches don't know what everybody's supposed to be doing. They're lost on the field. Here in the offseason, they've got no good first-round draft picks for forever. I don't know how they're going to make this better, and I don't want to fire all the coaches and all that stuff, but it seems like the issue with this team is not the talent on the field. It's a cultural zeitgeist that Gregory Williams understood that he had to try to change in order to win some games. And he had to make it fun. He had to get the players involved. He had to really focus on changing the losing culture. And I don't think until they get somebody who can do that or Kevin decides to really focus on on that, on the cultural part of it, not the X's and O's, I don't see them going anywhere. They're going to still find some other reason to, you know, I don't know, Deshaun Watson looked like, he, he looked like the worst quarterback in the NFL last season, and I don't know if he's going to look better, and no, nobody knows. And I don't know what that's going to be, and Kevin doesn't know, and the coaches don't know, and they, now they've kind of set this all up where if Deshaun Watson doesn't, doesn't become Superman, the whole team is going to blow up again. And, they, and, and then if he doesn't become Superman, they have no draft picks for forever. And the, 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 the franchise is just going to wallow for another four or five years or whatever. And I'm just to the point where I really just want to focus on what the Cavs are doing and the guardians are doing. And I'm really tired of, of the Browns and talking about them and the off season wins. Daryl, it's a great way to put it. I'm just tired of the whole thing. And I just kind of curious if you have, if you think I'm just wrong, I'd, I'd just like to uh, hang up and, Listen to what you think. If I'm just totally off base, but 33 years of the same garbage, and I'm just done with it this year. Thanks, Rob. Uh, I feel your pain. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. Look, um, the I'll I want to say this right. I just notice 
a drastic difference when I'm covering the Guardians and I see how Tito runs things and I see how that organization operates. And then when I go cover the Cavaliers and I see how Kobe Altman runs things and J.B. Bickerstaff, and then I see the Browns. And all three organizations, in my opinion, are run by very smart people. I think Andrew, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Andrew Barry, his intelligence, his football acumen, all that. Same thing with Kevin Stefanski. I think that there is an intangible that I see the Guardians possess and that I see the Cavaliers possess that the Cleveland Browns just don't have. And I wish I could quantify that better for fans. Um, I mentioned it throughout the season, starting after the Jets loss, and I started saying, eh, this, this team ain't got it. I, I can't put my finger on it. There's something missing here. Ain't their year again. Sorry. And everyone hated me for it, and I was right again. Um, that's the only way I think can, I, I can explain it. The it factor, whatever that is, culture, whatever. For whatever reason, the Browns don't have it. Kevin Stefanski doesn't have that with his football team. He does not have with his football team what Terry Francona has with his baseball team and what J.B. Bickerstaff has with his basketball team. I just I don't see it with Stefanski in that regard. That doesn't mean that Kevin doesn't know what he's doing. That doesn't mean he's a bad coach. That doesn't mean he can't call plays. Quite the contrary. I think Kevin is very proficient in all of those areas. I think where he is deficient as a coach, and I've said it multiple times, I will say it again, it's getting that every last bit of whatever, strength, production, just getting the most out of what he's given. And I just feel that he has come up short the last two years in that. And so whatever that is, and and – you know, I, I've talked to a lot of coaches and GMs over the years, but it, it, it's not easy running a locker room of 53 different personalities. No, and that's that's but, basically the job at that level, right? Nobody in the NFL but I can't, is like clueless about football. It's how do you manage I can't tell you room. enough, man. It's just different when I'm around the Guardians and the Cavs. Sure, I'm with it's, you. I the am too. vibe is different. Than, than when I'm around the Browns. And I wish I could quantify that better for fans. We but that's have. the reality. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.